Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. This week we have with us Mr. Brian Allen Hager. Hey. How's it going? Thanks for coming down, Brian. Good. Um, thanks for having me. Really appreciate you uh, getting me on here. Heck yeah. It's an honor. Not a problem, man. The first name helps. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I that love was that. it, right? <laughs> I love that. No, we really. Saw we have the same name, so we got to get this guy on here, right? Yeah, and, and for people that don't know Brian, he's a he's a um, songwriter, singer, guitar player, musician, you know, local another local musician who's making it as a musician and and, and doing well as a musician. Um, one of the things that you do that we know it's a lot of guys doing today because of the situation of trying to make money as a musician, one for one reason, it's hard to do it with a whole band sometimes because there's right. a lot of people that got to get paid in a band. And you're another guy that used the looper. And you'll yeah. and you'll go up there and you can create the whole entire song by yourself and you'll have multiple guitars up there and you'll 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 pull on an acoustic and lay down a nice nice rhythm then you'll pull out the electric guitar so you can solo over that and you're singing and everything on top of all these things. This right. is what you do. But you also play in bands. You also have a three piece that you'll play with at, at, at times too. Yep. Yep. If if the venue calls for it or whatever, if they hire the band instead of. That's that's who comes out and plays, right? You know, well, the good thing is the playing out solo helps me put a band together because I can make more money playing like three hours by myself than with a band, and then that money gets banked, and then I can hire musicians to play other shows where I want to have a band, and then focus on the originals because I got to throw the covers in to get the money. Unfortunately, well, that's how you get but, paid. To, yeah, right. <laughs> but you do, but you do but, both. You know, you have a you have an yeah. extensive original thing that you do, and right. Yeah, I never, covers. I never thought I'd actually like doing the covers. This is the first time I started doing covers. Um, probably around, I started doing the solo thing around 2019, and then COVID hit, and actually COVID helped me a lot because no one was rehearsing. I was solo. You know, everything shut down for a while, and nobody was doing anything then, but. Soon after that, people were trying to make money still, keep their businesses going. So I was like scurrying, trying to get my show down by myself in my basement, you know, while everybody's, nobody's out doing anything and I'm down there rehearsing. And a lot of bands couldn't get together because of COVID and rehearse. So that kind of gave me a little bit of a void and got me a lot more shows than I think I would have gotten. Now, did you, did you uh, learn? the whole looper thing, were you able to kind of like really hone in on that and get good at it through the, through the pandemic also? Did that help you? Did you, that it did. did. I, it kind of forced me to, is I, something I started probably 2016. I couldn't get it. I, I bought, um, I bought the little tiny ditto. I don't know if you guys know what a ditto is. It's a little small looper, the one button, it's the basic model. I started, I got the hang of that. It was kind of easy. Couldn't do that much, so I got the two-button one. You can stop the loop and have two loops going. Got that a little bit, but I didn't really get it down and thought, you know, I want to do more with this, so I bought the four-button. Couldn't figure that out for the life of me. I just gave up. I was like, forget this. I can't do it. Yeah, right, 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 right. (laughs) It's it's funny you say that because we had Billy Sullivan in here, and Billy was telling us the same thing. I mean, he's a phenomenal musician and everything. He's like, but that looper thing, man, it's tough. It's really tough. It's, It's a whole different... Couldn't get Thanks. the timing down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was tough. You have to be like, bam, right on the spot with it. And now it's like, I don't even think about it. It's just, it's easy. But COVID came and I thought, okay, I got to get this down. So, uh, so, you, so a year ago, about a year ago to the day, you put out your first, you put out your first solo album. 
Right. The debut solo album basically comes out. It's almost a year ago. It's it's like a, in a month. It'll be a year. A lot of that is you playing all the instruments. You got you're playing the guitars, bass. You're singing all your vocals and stuff like that. Your drums are programmed. Right. Okay. So what I want to know is a lot of this when you're performing these, you're performing these with a looper and you're doing all this stuff. You're kind of doing everything, right? When you recorded this album, did you kind of record it through a loop or two? Did you kind of no, use? No, oh, no, so you didn't. No. You didn't do that. No, that was the hard part. I had to because when I when I record and I write music, I don't want to have any restrictions. I'm not thinking about how I'm going to perform this live. Okay, figure that out later. So I can't perform everything exactly like the recording. I'm not going to just play to a track constantly. So I try to come up with a different way to make it work live. live. Cool. So it's more of a, it's more inventive. It's more kind of artistic in a way because it's two different. You're take you're trying to recreate something with a different yeah, set of yeah. tools. It keeps it fun, and I I'll change it up every now and then because I'll get bored with the way I'm doing the song. So, so not only not only do you do another stuff, but you have a pretty interesting life. I mean, you you're, you're you're one of these guys that really set out to be a musician. You were, that was obviously something from a very very young age. You decided that this is. This was the route you were going to go. You could just tell by the, the path that you ended up taking. Right. I did and I didn't. I did. I, the back of my mind, I was kind of scared about the whole thing, so I kind of didn't. When but, you say scared, do you mean like, oh, I, the, no one makes it? That whole argument, well, you know, what are you really going to do? Are you going to be famous type thing? And so I really yeah, you hear that all the time. Yeah, right. So right. you're convinced almost of it, right? It's almost was, like you were torn. I was torn because I I had so much confidence. I thought I'm gonna I want to make it for sure. I I'm good enough. I was a little bit cocky about it. Yeah. And then I had my parents and friends. What are you doing? It's stupid. You need a backup. So and, the, and that vo- you know when people do that, it puts that little voice in the back of your head that's constantly gnawing at your confidence. Mm. So I had that going all the time. So I always had this B plan. In the back of my head, so I feel like I never really said, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this solely. I'm gonna barely have a job. I'm gonna just try to focus eight hours a day on this." I never. Well, I went to Berkeley, and I, I obviously did that there, going to school, which probably wasn't the best idea. We can get into that later if you want, but oh, I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel like I'm still doing it now. I never really stopped doing it, and it was always the back of my mind i kept doing it and well, when did you pick up a guitar i mean how, when, when did, when oh, did all that really start young. like i was eight years old uh how does that happen my my friend my few houses down i was over there all the time and uh, he had a guitar laying around and he had an older brother who had a guitar and his name's ron i'll say his last name sure ron martinez okay if he's listening he uh he's it's He's solely responsible for getting me started. And I don't know if he even really knows that. I think I told him that before. But, uh, yeah, the guitar was laying around his house, and uh, he was into, like, Ted Nugent. <laughs> and yeah. here I am in, like, fifth grade and love Ted Nugent. I <laughs> 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 don't like him that much now. But, oh, yeah, he was playing Cat Scratch Fever. He showed me how to play Cat Scratch Fever. and So that was, like, your first, like, your introduction? Yeah, that and, like. So it's it's always like a it's always one of those riffs, right? It's like Cat Scratch Fever yeah. riff or like Smoke on the Water, one of those yeah, riffs like that. That, that was that one just, of them too. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Those. I know, he could do this stuff, and he was probably like five, six years older than me. And I was like, oh, this dude's cool. Yeah, right. And I wanted to be like him, so he let me. Eventually, he had a couple electric guitars, and he let me borrow his electric guitar. So 
I gave it back to him two years later. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That's where you play <laughs> with it. Own. So did yeah. you right away take to it, though? Like, did you right away, were you always kind of, like, noodling on this thing? I just you... love the way it sounded. I would just walk up to it, and uh, it would be a sitting on the stand. And at first, it was like, don't touch that. <laughs> but I would go up to it, and I'd click the string and just listen to the sound of the, just the string vibrating. I just, I just loved how it sounded. I, I you know, like, I, I wondered, like, when you, you know, like, when you have a situation like you did where you're introduced to the guitar the way you were, where you have uh, this guy who has a guitar, da, 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 do you think that it, it, it gains you even more confidence that this regular person's playing this absolutely. instrument and you, and so it, it, I can do this? I think that's what the whole rock generation from the 60s and 70s and 80s was built on. Yes. I mean, because all those famous musicians, they were just regular people who made it. Absolutely. So that's what gave a lot of people the motivation. A lot of that is dying, unfortunately, where uh, you don't see a see lot it. of really big bands and you don't see a lot of people that look like your regular people making it. Well, I mean, like, you know, I, much. I, I have kids that, you know, they're out, they're out of high school now and stuff, but, you know, and I have grandkids that are moving into that. And, and you're, you see that, what, what, I don't remember, we were just talking to somebody not a couple episodes ago. Um Everybody played guitar in high school when I was going to high school. Everyone, oh, yeah. I mean, everybody played guitar. Like every, like, like there was a bass player here and there. There was a drummer here and there. A couple of people could sing, but everyone had a guitar. Everybody played guitar. Oh yeah, man. finding the singer that was a tough one. Yeah, right, exactly. Right, and, and so, and so you're, you're, you know, you see today's world. You know, um, oh, it was Dougie Manross. That's who we had in there, and you got a guy like Dougie who's 24 years old, and he's just killing it. There's he's an just, anomaly. There's just a couple Dougies out right. there, man. He's not, he's, it, it, it's just, you know, and he was such a breath of fresh air to have him in here because it was like, he was so excited and he was like, he was like everybody used to be in the 70s and 80s about guitar, he you is, know? Yes, yeah. I, I've met him a few times and talked to him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an anomaly. And not only are there not so many guitarists out there like him who are so enthused about it and he's really freaking good. Yeah, right. That's an anomaly too. Right, I mean, right, right, right. He's got the talent to go with the yeah. excite, the excited right. part. Of it. But but you sure it should be nice to see more people, more kids getting involved in music yeah. and stuff because it, it, you know like you you just worry sometime that you're going to run out of this thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. My son's 19 and he uh, started a band and cool. He's actually, becoming a good songwriter and is, is he is he is he following he your footsteps at all? Or has he got his own thing? Type is is it, it kind of like his own completely different. It is rock, and it is probably more based on alternative, 90s alternative. So, yeah, I mean, I listen to him play, and I'm like, Joey, that, that sounds like me when I was your age. That's, no, that's, that's cool. awesome. That's cool. So That's got to be really cool, actually. Yeah, I don't know why he took to it. He just, I gave my daughter, who was younger than him, a guitar. She never played it, so he just grabbed it and played it. Because I, I taught him how to play guitar when he was about seven. And when you say taught him, you mean you're teaching him chords, just a I couple of little chords. things. I taught him some ACDC songs. Oh, cool, right. That's cool, though. <laughs> and he went and he played an ACDC song in the elementary school talent show. That's got to be cool, too, to see stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> the following year, he uh, goes to the elementary school talent show, and he doesn't even make it. He doesn't even make the tryout. And it devastates him, so he's done. He's done playing guitar at so, that point so, or until he's 19. Like, he just got back into it. Just got his confidence year. back. Is his? It, uh, this really does a wants to do it again type thing. Where well, he got interested in it again. It wasn't really, yeah. I mean, a confidence thing by this time. That was so long ago. But yeah, right, right, it was right. Diverted to other things. Cool, cool. 
so you're so you're basically you you picked up a guitar down the street neighborhood guy that's how you start getting into it you start off with the doing a little bit of the heavier stuff the, the like i say the stuff that introduces a lot of the rock guitar players to to the guitar yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. same same type of thing um and then where do you go do you do you immediately want to form a band are um, you are is, is it you know like a lot of times that's the next that's the next move let's let's form a band well this story is just your typical high school musician story i've met people at school I wasn't too interested in school. I was couldn't wait to go home and play my guitar in the hallways in between classes. I would be hooking up with the other musicians and talking about where we're going after school. And we would just go jam and I would just, everybody played guitars. And yeah. so many different musicians in high school I played with. And I started a band with a few friends in high school and we would play parties and that's, well, that's all you, know, you can do, and that's all you can play is the parties and stuff right. in high school, right? You're you can't not get into old the bars to get yet. Right, I'm 15 years old, 16, and but you're getting, you're learning this stuff. You're learning yeah. this right through this process, right? This is how you learn this process. You got to start. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, we were, yeah, we were good. We were the shit, and people wanted to come see us. They're like, oh, this guy's great. These guys are great. Yeah, and, and, you know, and you're younger too. You're younger, yeah, some younger like, guys. You can handle it, and it's it's exciting. With oh the, yeah, we had this drummer. We would do Rush songs, and man, he would Whoa. just have the, the he would have it down. He could play yeah, Rush. And, we and, and, you know, um, the bass player was Bill Van Giesen, a guy I went to high school with, and we were just watching him play. We were like, no shit. We're like, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude, that is pretty cool. I, you don't really, that's the story you don't hear very often. Rush songs in high school. Right. That's that's cool, right. man. That's can, cool. Can I swear in this, by the Oh, way? yeah, absolutely. Okay, we encourage it. <laughs> <laughs> you can always tell if you look back on our episodes if there's drinking involved because every other word is the F word. Oh, okay. I say the F word a lot, so. It's fine with me. Um, so anyway, so you so you get out of high school. So you graduate from high school. You've been doing bands throughout high school and stuff. And you're playing rock the whole time, right? This is all rock oh, yeah. stuff. You're playing good, hard rock. You know, the Rush and all the stuff that's like you just said. Zeppelin probably. You guys are probably playing some Zeppelin and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And then you get out of high school. Now, we were just funny. We were just saying, like, you know, you got your parents and you got the, the family who's like, yeah, you got to make something of yourself. You got to you gotta do something. And then you, you're, you're inside saying, I want to be a musician. So you still go to college. I mean, you kind of right. like, you kind of did yeah. that part. My parents weren't that discouraging of it. My uh, my dad was like, "What are you gonna? Why don't you do something? This music? You why don't you do?" He would tell me that all the time that you know I needed to do something. He didn't know how to support me because he didn't know anything about it. You know, we didn't have a lot of money, so he wasn't going to go buy me all the gear I needed. Right. So you know, those were the hurdles to support the gear and. I w at Normandy, they had, I don't remember the guy's name, but they had a music theory class when I was in, a, I think, 11th or 12th grade. I think I was in 12th grade, and I took that, and the guy was talking about Berkeley College of Music all the time. and said, he gave me a flyer for it, a pamphlet, and uh, I'm like, I want to go here. This sounds great. I want to be a musician. This this made sense to me. This To me, this was a path yeah, right. to take. Yeah, sure. So... It's kind of it's kind of weird though when I think about places like Berkeley. I mean, you're gonna learn theory, you're gonna learn that kind of thing mm -hmm. in there and stuff like that. But do you learn how to practice better because you went to Berkeley? Do you learn how to? I mean, I mean, I think you don't get in unless you already done that first. Yeah, I mean, like is that so that would so is it basically to learn theory and stuff like that? Is it basically to, to learn get a degree? It's a four year school, and the point is to get a degree. You have a major just like any other college, right. and you pick a career path: performance, recording. Um, yeah, you just... So what did you pick? 
I didn't because I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Oh. So that that was the, the problem. I wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> there was yeah, no what rock class star. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> right. They really should have one though. You need to right. learn. It would have helped a lot of people. Um, so so you you didn't you never really did pick a major. No, I only went there a year. So it, I didn't just come out of high school and go there. So oh, okay. Yeah, let's go. Let's I fill in. That I didn't game. do well in high school. Um, I barely squeaked by. I had to go to summer school to finish. That killed my confidence. So I took a year off even and uh, moved out. Thought I was going to get in a band and everything. I never had enough money to have all the right gear and everything, so I struggled a lot. So I went back to school for music at Tri-C. Oh. And I went two years at Tri-C, and I took guitar lessons from a guy named Rich Holdsworth, which is, well, he people know him around Cleveland and, He's still active. I still works, teaches at Tri-C oh, all really? these years later. And there was uh, Mr. Vanessel. He was the director of the music program at Tri-C. And they, they were just awesome to me. They recognized something. They saw something in me. And after a couple of years, I, um, Rich went to uh, Berkeley himself. He had a Ph.D. as well in music. And he, uh, him and Mr. Vanessel gave me a recommendation to Berkeley wow. College of Music, and they, they really, I give them the credit for helping me get in. So yeah, it was more of a classical, classical train type of thing at Tri-C prior to that. And, you know, Berkeley's a jazz school. So you, you go there, some of it applies, some of the classes transferred, but the focus was jazz music more. Did you like that? Was that, when you, was that an introduction? I was a rock guy, so I was looking for the, the rock... Um, guitar teacher and the everybody wanted to do rock then so the rock guitar teacher in order to get him as your teacher you had to wait in line all around the block so all these people are waiting to try to sign in i just i'm like i'm not doing that oh yeah i'll just get a jazz teacher so i got a jazz teacher and yeah i was interested in it but it wasn't my thing i mean i was okay at it didn't change it you, you, you didn't you didn't weren't drawn into it like you were i the wasn't rock drawn the into it but it did help me learn how to improvise better, for sure. I mean, that's all we did. We sat around the dorm and we uh, just jams, jammed, yeah. Like yeah. it was like high school, but every day. <laughs> yeah, but that's fun though. I mean, that could be a lot of fun too. I mean, you're, you're, oh yeah, man, for sure. It was great. And and at this time, are you still into the rock music? Oh uh, yeah. To say, I mean, throughout that whole entire process. Yeah, it's weird because I'm totally into different stuff now than I was then. But I was into at the time. We were getting into grunge almost, and I was tra- it was right in that 1990, 91. The transition, transition was happening. Transition was yeah. happening, and I didn't get it at first. And a lot of my, my roommate was playing Jane's Addiction all the time. Yeah, I loved him. And R.E.M., which, yeah, I quickly went from being into, like, Steve Vai and 80s hair metal. Yeah, right. Oh, the, and the guitar gods of the, of the time. That. Yeah. yeah, so I followed the trends pretty much. Yeah, right. So that's cool. So, so, you go, so did you, now, when the grunge thing hit... Were you, did you eventually start playing that kind of music also? Were you the bands that you were in? Was that what you guys were doing more than 90 stuff like at that point? Are you staying current or are you even doing cover stuff? Or are you, are you, are you immediately writing Well, here music? was my big mistake. Here's what happened then. So early 90s, I, I was spending a lot of money going to Berkeley. So I just, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in so much in debt. And when you're going to Berkeley and you can't see the path of where you're going, I, w- I want to be a rock star. I didn't <laughs> see that there. I, I, I did well. I got good grades. And I'm like, I can't do this because I'm going to be $40,000 in debt. 
which was a lot of money back then. Still is. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you didn't but see the end of the tunnel of this. I didn't see where money. I was going to go that was going to make me happy. So I went back home. I went to try see again, Cleveland State, and I changed my major. And in the back of my head, I always wanted to do music still. So I ended up doing computer programming. So what I wish I would have done was stayed with music because the early 90s, I probably would have gotten, started a band and got in that whole grunge trend. I got you. So I, I skipped it until the late 90s. I got back into it. I got you. So there's like the, there was a, that little bit of a doubt about the music career because you didn't see the light really at the end of the tunnel. And, it, and so it kind of forced you into that other direction temporarily, which there's a time now. Which you, was you, a great thing because I started making money. But my happiness, I mean, that's all I did. My whole life was surrounded. It's music. It's all I thought about. It's all I did in high school. I just want to go home, like I said, and play my guitar. Yeah, that I was sat it. in my room forever. You know, that's why I got good. Which is which is the and story. I abandoned it. That's the story of the musician, right? I mean, like <laughs> all you musicians, that's what you do. Event, you're, you're obsessed. It's like it's all you can think about. You practice, you practice, you practice. It's all you want to do. You, all the other stuff doesn't matter. I mean, how many guys do we talk to that say, "I don't think I could do a nine to five. I just don't think I could do it. I don't think I. I don't think I. Uh, I don't. I'm not built that way. I need. You know, I, I. I play. That's what I do. I play. And there are ways today, still. To make it your career, and and you can make enough money if if, if you hustle. Absolutely, and for the first time in my life, I'm actually focusing on going down that path. Late in the game, yeah, but you can do <laughs> it. I don't care. A lot, a lot of the guys are a lot of the guys are in their 40s and 50s doing it right now, and they're doing just fine. Yeah, I've been. Hey, if I'm 80, 85 years, 80, 85 years old, and I can still do it. I'm gonna. Hell yeah, Keith you, Richards, then, Rolling Stones. You got hell, the Rolling Stones. Oh yeah, on. they can keep going. And One we'll of my have, favorite bands, by the way. Now, good. I pulled it out a good yeah. shirt. Yeah. And but and and then eventually, like uh, like uh, you know, we always say, like it'll be like our fortieth season. We'll have you back on, and uh, you know, you'll be eighty <laughs> years old, and we'll be like, remember him? All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break, yep. and um, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more, Brian. All right. You're listening to Level Up Cleveland. What's going on, Level Up listeners? Signal Flow Studios is a Cleveland recording studio founded in 2013, located in the steel yard just down the hall from Brian and Pat at Level Up Cleveland. At Signal Flow, we pride ourselves in offering top quality audio and a great recording experience to artists here in town and from across the country. But what makes us unique at Signal Flow is our undivided attention to the people who keep us going. That's you, the artists. So come on in and let us make your music our top priority. You can book online at www.signalflowstudio.com or give us a call at 216-920-2075. We'll see you soon. And we're back with Brian Allen Hager. And uh, so we talked a little bit about high school and kind of got into the Berkeley thing. And um, so after Berkeley, you transitioned, you know, we, we, you, you now are basically... A musician. Trying to be a regular dude, actually. Really? After I left Berkeley, because I was... So did you get a job? I mean, did you did you take on a job as a computer? I did, yeah, yeah. So so that was... And did you make that your career? I did. Okay. But the whole time, I was always in my basement recording. I had always playing out, had a band, and I wasn't happy with what I was doing with my career, to be honest with you. Yeah, right. And... So that was just kind of like making money, and but not happiness. Anyway. Right, right. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's in my soul. I can't get away from it. I'm not happy unless I'm performing, recording. 
What's your favorite part of music? Is it it writing, creating? All of it. Um, That's a good question. I probably answer it differently today because I like it all. I probably would have said recording in the past and being the artist and writing the music, but... I've so being playing. in the studio, basically. Yeah, is but now I love performing. Ever since I've been doing the solo thing, I've been super satisfied with the way I've been playing live, and I've been getting better, and I love putting on a show. I played in a band called Vanity Crash for a while, and that really got me into performing because that was like Feather Bow is the glam music. I don't know if you know I was in that band but uh, or anything about them, but... Very early 70s David Bowie, Ziggy Sardust type influence stuff, and that really got me into performing. And I was different, I was a different person at that point on stage than I was not on stage. Oh, I got you. So I, it, it brought it, it brought a, like a, an alternate character out of you almost, it did, like absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, which was good and bad because I'm shyness. I, fuck that, there was no such thing, yeah, right? Right? <laughs> I mean, right. The, yeah, I just go up there and just be cocky and. I loved it, and it got me, not that I was ever in a shell, but it really got me focused on performing and out of the shell, and I was like, I, I don't give a crap, I'll do whatever, but but at the same time, I became a character, and I didn't know how to be the same person on and off the stage, so it, it, I, it, I wrestled with it for quite a while, so I started a band called The Chromes, and... <clears throat> I loved rock and roll. very rock and roll based. and But I was being a character. I was being this rock star. It's just almost like the Alice Cooper type thing where you're like Alice Cooper on stage and then when you come off, you're, you're, no, you're, you're not that guy anymore. You're, well, I didn't really know who I was off the stage at that point. I thought I was the person on stage and uh, off the stage I started acting like that. Oh, so it crept into your regular life almost. Right, like, which yeah. is not a... But, but, but kind of it is because you wanted to be a rock star, and that's what you're kind of becoming. It's, yeah, it's but like, I didn't know who like, I was. <laughs> that was the Because I wasn't really a rock star. Were, yeah, right. You were just a musician, basically, right. playing music. But uh, I was a rock star wannabe. So now the condition things, my new album, and my focus is was just, look, I'm just going to be who I am, and I'm going to write an album that's really about me. And that's what I did. And I don't care what style it even comes across, and it's just going to be whatever and then i started playing out by myself since 2019 and i've learned how to just be myself and so so you is that is that what eventually then became your first album the songs that you were doing or did you eventually turn those into your first lp or were you releasing singles were you just writing songs i was writing an album so I was were, writing an album and i wasn't worried about playing them live but the plan was to play them live and eventually it once it was done yeah. You weren't trying them out at all live or anything like that. Some people will do that. You know, they'll yeah. they'll, they'll try their songs out live before they actually I did. I, I did play some of them before. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the album came on this year, but I was playing some of the songs in 2019, probably four or five. There's, I think, ten songs on the album. And, uh, yeah, so I just wrote all the songs for the album. And the album we're talking about, The Condition of Things, that was the, that was the album that eventually became. Right, right. So... How do you come up with that name, by the way? Is it, was that just... Was that just uh... Well, the, the, whole, the whole album, all the songs are basically, like I told you, I didn't know who I was anymore. I was trying to be this persona all the time. I might, I'm exaggerating a little bit, of course, I know who I am, but I didn't know how to present myself musically as myself 
instead of the character. I got you. So my thought, okay, I was in a band. I'm in a band now, a side project called Infinite 12 with this artist called Guy Vincent, by the way. He's great. I got yeah. Great. Anyway, so we were doing stuff in the early 90s. So after I came back from Berkeley, I hooked up with him. So I missed telling you this part. So like around 93, 94, 95. So I never really did stop doing it. I was working with him, and we were trying to make it. And we were, we were sending tapes to labels. I was on the phone. We had bought books, trying to find contacts. I'm, we're calling people. Hustling. Every day, hustling, sending tapes out. We had some interest, but... Uh, it didn't obviously it didn't work out. I mean, it's a shot in the dark. This is like pre-internet too, so it's pre-internet, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yes. So I was doing that, and I really liked the way we worked together, and we were super creative. And he's, the, I still work with him to this day. He's an awesome artist. I probably nobody I work with as well as I do with him. Um, he's just really relaxed, and he's super creative, and he helps bring out my creativity. So I thought I want to make an album like like what we used to do as my solo album. And I just want to be creative, and I want to. My lyrics are going to be about how I feel at the moment. And, and at the moment, I was coming out of a darker period, trying to learn how to be positive because I was going through a lot of. I'm getting to answer your question, by the way. The That's fine. Oh yeah. So, um, I was coming out of having a lot of anxiety, and uh, there was a lot of stress in my life with my work. I was. I went through a divorce. That'll do it. And that it all caught up with me, and I was having panic attacks, and I was trying to figure out how to be positive. And I just wrote songs about what I was going through, and what I was going through, and try to be positive. And the condition of things, it's kind of like an expression that's in Buddhism. Um, and it, there's twofold. So part of it is like this is the current condition of my life. Snapshot. Yeah, snapshot of my life, and it, I put it into all the songs, and. A Buddhism, I, I'm not going to probably explain it really well, but it, basically you're in the present and you're slowly moving towards nirvana. I mean, you're always in the current state of things and you should be able to, you should be focusing on that and not trying to be, not worrying about your past. Or your not future. Not worrying about your future. Living in the moment. Living in the moment. And that's been my mantra, I guess, since, since then. And. I um, it worked for you. Tattoo. Oh, my first tattoo. I got another one here, and it's really reminders. Are they reminders to you? Reminders, exactly. That's yeah, cool. And you got. I, and I noticed you have them positioned so that when you're playing the guitar, you can I can see, see them. <laughs> that's exactly. That's exactly. What it is. I just it's, noticed it's for it's me. It's not for yeah, everybody else. Right. I just right. noticed that as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, you can see it perfectly. Yeah, this is playing. an Una Lome. This is about my path in life, about straightening it out and becoming stable and. Working towards nirvana. Oh, I see. And, and there's and there's little things that happen along the way, and it's not just a straight exactly. line and constant. You, your life starts here. Yeah. And then you have struggle. And I'm not a Buddhist, but I do like the Buddhist concept. So that's where the condition of things came from. So let me ask you a quick question, because because of your you know I, I I've always wanted to ask this, and I always forget to, but it just for some reason it popped into my head. So when you when you were younger and you were thinking about being a rock star, okay, there was a whole different world of music was different then. You know, um, you could you could if you wrote two good hits, you could retire. I mean, it was you could that yeah, that yeah. was enough to retire, right? Then the Napster thing happens, and so that happens, right? And you're in the middle of wanting to be a musician, mm -hmm. and you see all this go down. 
How are you feeling about it? I mean, like, did you at all at that point recognize what what, what the possibilities of the future now oh, were absolutely. because of it? I was always more of a visionary, and I saw it as a positive thing. There was, I mean, it polarized everybody. Yeah. So there was the Metallica. Right, the, the whole, the whole the Lars whole people thing. people who right. subscribed to that was like, this is awful. This is ruining the music industry. And then there was the people who I looked at it as this is... Because there was also the internet, so I can post stuff on the internet. I actually started a web page called the Unsigned Artists. Oh. Um, and people were sending me money to strip their CDs, put them into, at the time it was called Real Audio Files. And I was posting them, and I was getting flooded with these. I couldn't keep up. No kidding. Oh, yeah. And I could have turned that into a business, but I just, I was working during the day, and I just didn't have the time. Yeah. I had kids, and uh, I was... It was doing well, then I actually gave it to somebody, and I don't think he ever did anything with it. But that was pre-mp3.com. Um, do you still feel that way, though? I mean, I, I, to I this day, yeah, do you feel like Napster was a good thing now? No, it was you, horrible. It was yeah. awful. So, so you can see the, the, the damage it, it ruined, created. It ruined the music industry, and it's made it really hard now. There's too many cars on the road now, and there's nothing sure. controlling the... Um, it's a supply and the demand. Volume. There's yeah. a, there's a, the volume is insane. It's insane. And for an artist to make it nowadays, I saw an interview with John Mayer the other day, and he said that if he started today, he doesn't think he would ever make it because there's just too much out there. There's a ton of John Mayers. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing. So that's what it's, it's turned into. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's funny because you say, when you say make it, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like a, it's, it's kind of like, well, it's kind of like talking about something that doesn't exist anymore. Right, when you're saying make it, you're saying you're. I mean, it does exist, but you have to be in that such elite. There's just such an elite amount of people that ever reach that plateau yeah, any longer. The, the definition now has changed. It's more exactly. subject. It, it's more relative to what your goals are. Totally, and because like, if you're somebody who's a musician like you, like yourself, who has it in your in you to just be that, and you can make a living doing this in some form, you've made it. Right? I mean, that, yeah, right. I mean, that's what it is to me now. Correct. I'm. I'm not looking to. You're probably not like I'm, I'm, am I going to be huge now? Probably not. Yeah, right, right, right. But does you don't you don't have yeah. to be because that's not where the happiness comes from. But right? that's you, where it was before. That's what my goal was. Yeah. I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to be famous. At what point were you ever like? Dis, did you ever get like disappointed about the fact that music industry has changed? And did it ever like? Did you ever just become like d discouraged by Absolutely, it? Absolutely, um, hundred I'm, I'm past that. And I'm, every now and then, I'm like. This is crazy, but yeah, you know, I mean, I don't care anymore because I'm not looking to. So it's just a hustle at this point, right? You just got to keep putting. You just got to keep doing it, right? It, it, there's no, there's, it just can't be a quit in you in this business because let's just be honest. You know, the one thing the internet does is it does give you exposure, but the other thing it does is that if if you have a void of time in your thing, there's somebody right there to fill that that void right Absolutely. up, and people there's, forget about you in two seconds. There's too much to do now in order to get exposure. I'm here for the same reason to get yeah. exposure. I have an Instagram page. I I see myself putting because there's a big thing on Instagram where people are are looking for looking to learn guitar, and so I'll play guitar licks just to put out there for people who are looking to learn. Because I feel one, it's nice to help people um, get to you know be becoming a good guitar player, but it's also going to um, hopefully get people to recognize who I am, go see my stuff on Spotify, listen to my stuff on Spotify, learn a little bit about me and yeah. And there's all there, there, inspire people. 
And there are videos out there too of you playing live, and there's some, some other stuff out oh, there. Yeah, you yeah. can, yeah. There's stuff there. There's there's stuff out there. I mean, but that's you, such a chore. Who yeah, has the time to do I all know. that? Especially when you're when you're all doing it by yourself. Yeah. After a while, I'm like, I can't be focusing on all this. I can't do it all. So this the album that you actually put out, the condition of things. If, if for people to understand what it is, it's it's a softer side. It's a, it's a it's not a real hard edge type album. It's a softer side. You actually it seems like you play a lot with ambiences and stuff like that. You play around with some different like atmospheric type feeling type stuff. You know, it's not just all straight guitar and stuff like that. It seems like you got some synth that you mix in there also and stuff like that. Do you play the keys? I mean, yes, I, I do. It so was like you, actually my first instrument before a guitar. My dad had an organ that he got probably for me because I think he wanted just me or one of my brothers just to learn music, and I took to it. And so what? what, what I'm not a great keyboard player, but but, but good enough to where you understand. And and understand and, and it, plus yeah. you have some some knowledge of just the music theory itself, where you can because the keys the keys are so. But but see the keys are so easy to understand the basic theories of things because it's so laid out in front right. of you. Everything is like a, a B, pattern. C, D, e, F, G, yeah, H. it's such well, a beautiful no way H, to I learn think. music. That's why I think a lot right. of people start off with the keys and the pianos and stuff like that. Um, so what, why do you, why do you think you go to such a, I mean, everything we've talked about, I mean, let's just be honest, everything we've talked about as far as you go through your whole time, you're, you're harder edge, you're, you're more of a, a, a traditional guitar player. You're playing the stuff that lends itself to guitar. Now all of a sudden you put out an album and it's kind of a different. Cause I've always been an artist and I didn't really focus on that part of me and the atmospheric stuff you're talking about, it just works with it works with my voice and it works with the subject matter that I was doing. And it's from an artistic artistic. You heard it in your head this way, would you say? Yes, because I think that I was like I said earlier, I was trying to do what I was doing with Guy Vincent back in the early nineties. Um how you guys work together, how yeah. you guys were able to, was that like a trust thing? You just trusted this guy's opinions and his, and he trusted you. And so the, therefore the, the, it just, you could just with no hesitance. It's unbelievable. It was more than trust. It's just like, we agree almost all the time. It's, un, I, it's so hard to work with somebody like that. And once you have, it's kind of probably hard to work with somebody yeah. else. You know? Yeah. If I say to him, God, that doesn't really work. It's to this or that. And he's like, yeah, you're right. And vice versa. Yeah. Right. We, it's just click. Click. It's the, yeah. So now, the year the album's been out for a year, and and you've put out some stuff. I mean, there's some stuff you've put out off this album, singles and stuff like that along the way, right? I mean, you you, you there's some. Well, like like what's the first single you put out? I started with singles. Um, the first single I put out was called "The Race." It was all instrumental. It's something I recorded a few years back, and I was sitting on, and I thought I should release this. So I released it. It's the first thing I did, and soon after, I'm like, oh, I gotta do more. Yeah, and then okay, I'm gonna do stuff with vocals now. At the time, I recorded that when I was playing with Vandy Crash, and I wasn't singing. I just started singing, probably 2010. Really? Yeah. Well, that's cool. I, mean, I sang background with Vandy Crash. I was you a- could always sing, but you weren't a lead singer. You weren't coming out and right. doing, doing lead vocals, stuff, right. which is a totally different thing. And and that's the other thing, uh, learning how to do that with and play guitar at the same time. Was it something you had to actually buckle down and, and do, or was it more natural for you to it be able to do It comes kind of natural to me, but I had to f- practice it first. I mean, yeah. yeah I've learned how to do it, and I've learned how to write a song around it. So at first, I, I would write parts that I really struggled playing, and I got a limited time. I'm not John Mayer. I'm not eight hours a day doing this, and because John Mayer is an example of somebody who writes really intricate parts and sings over it. He's great at it. Yeah, he's, It probably comes more natural to him than it did at first, but if I think for anybody, if you're writing a really complicated counter melody to your vocals, 
it's going to take some practice if they're very different. So I try to stay towards when I'm playing guitar to keep it up and down strokes and so there's rhythmic. so you do consider that when you're I doing consider that. it yes occasionally I don't but it always bites me <laughs> all right you <laughs> almost forget like like oh, I forgot so, I should have done that then. so some of those early singles I was singing over like one of them in particular called uh, I don't feel I have a hard time playing that live and I just never got around to being able to sing that one and play at the same time but most of the time it's not not a, too much of a challenge. So you've been playing this album for the last year out. When you're playing out, you're playing mostly a lot of your new stuff. This is a, a, and do you do you mix in this stuff when you play out with cover tunes and stuff or do you just play cover tunes or when you're playing out in front of people, do you do both or It depends where I'm playing. Um I'll play some wineries where they want all originals, which is great. So I'll play a couple hours all originals and other places I'll put covers in. And I do, I'll do popular covers, um, anything from the Rolling Stones to I'll do Coldplay, um, John Mayer, all over the board. Yeah. Um, Jimi right. Hendrix, popular songs. Yeah, I like. I just like popular commercial music as an art form, and I know a lot of people think that's probably those words don't go together. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's music. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that people who think that are people who allow themselves to get pigeonholed into certain things and don't realize that there really shouldn't be any boundaries. Right. You shouldn't. It should and, yeah, that was what the condition of things I kind of was to me, no boundaries. And and you, you can tell some of the songs could be catchier, but I wasn't focused on that, where, I, like I said, I, that was more just free form, I'm going to do whatever I want. But I do, like, commercial music as an art form and the next thing I'm working on I've already got a couple songs recorded that and I've learned this from playing out the last few years I've learned what people like to hear I learned what my strengths are I learned uh you know I need to focus on my guitar playing works people really gravitate towards that I love rock and roll I love soul music so I'm doing an album of rock Coming up, that's the next. guitars, yes. So that's 2023? 2023 2023 is going to be out. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to release an album. I'm going to release the album one song at a time. Smashing Pumpkins did something like this. Can't remember the name of the album, but one of the recent albums, he, Billy Corgan, he's Smashing Pumpkins pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Released one song at a time and uh, filled an album. You can do that with with the distributor that I'm using. Yeah. So I'm going to start with Bandcamp first. So I'm going to release the songs at Bandcamp, probably two at a time, one at a time, depending. I'll probably release one actually in a few weeks here. Um, Two songs. I've got two songs in the can that I'm going to release, and then that's going to start building the album. So you are. So in this one, you're going to you're going to release the songs, and then at the end of all the releases, then you'll you'll have. I'll have the finished album. The whole finished album by the end of the year. that's, That's cool. And that, we talk about that all the time here. That's become a trendy type thing to how to release music now because it keeps you relevant. Keeps and, well, and it also, it also. I mean, I I feel you know like we talk about a lot. You know, an album you hit. You, it's 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 a, it's a big undertaking to 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 create all those songs and, and then put out that huge amount of work. And there's a lot that goes into all that. Where where you can lose some focus on certain songs, and certain songs will gain more focus because you don't have so so much time to do all this stuff. Where when you're releasing these one at a time, each song gets its own individual attention 
to the point where, all right, this song is done. Now it's time to release right. it. And 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 so you, the songs don't suffer. You know, like you really, you can really pay attention to. These yeah, it's, it's double-edged sword though, because if you're going to release an album. And you, you focus so much on a single song, it's easy to lose sight of what the album's going to sound like. And you don't. And sometimes you end up with great songs that don't go together to co cohesive work. So in the back of your mind, what what are you doing? I like releasing albums that have a sound. Right, so, so, so the album is one work. Yeah. So the first song that I did for this coming up album I'm going to release, I spent so much time on the first song because I was trying to figure out okay, what's the sound of this album. What do I want to sound like? And oh. I think I finally got it. So now I have all these drafts of songs, and I started going through and started recording those. Okay, well, this is all falling together now because I'm not going to be spending all that time figuring out what's this album sound like. Yeah. What about what about lyrics? Let's, let me let me move into that real quick because that's a whole different whole different thing that goes into writing these songs. You know, what learning knowing how to play the guitar and write music is one thing. That's one. Th different side of your brain and then the lyric thing is a whole different set of th rules and things and talents and so was it something that you were i mean let's just be honest you already told me you weren't very good in school so <laughs> i'm wondering you know what i mean and, that, and i mean but honestly but a lot of that comes from schooling but and, i paid attention and i did go to college so right <laughs> i was i got all i got really good grades in college and <laughs> that helped and i took I, did, I, had, I took English classes. I, and I actually was pretty good at writing even in high school, but I just didn't apply myself. But you did but, have uh, a talent for it. Oh, I could always write fairly well. And, but when I first started writing lyrics, I didn't get that I actually need to spend more time on these and think about it more. So I, yeah. I spent a lot more time on the lyrics now. And I, at first, didn't really know what I was saying as much as I do now. It's like when I write a song now, I know what I'm trying to say. And so you have a whole point? Oh, yeah. Do you, do you find that you match lyrics with music? So, like, this song feels like a sunny day, so I'm going to write a no, song. No, I'm not about. David Lee Roth. Um, <laughs> David Lee Roth does that, I read. <laughs> does he? He, yeah, matches, he? he matches the feel. Oh, yeah, he, he'll hear this groove. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a freight train. So he starts singing about trains or something. Yeah, right. Well, David Lee Roth, Roth has always had a tendency to not sing about any specific thing sometimes. He just, words. And that's what happens when you do that. <laughs> I will, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back in a couple minutes, and we'll, and we'll right. finish this thing up. This is Level Up Cleveland.
proud of you And you always said that Made me feel good You don't really need me You're doing fine But he's gone now He was always there for me It's gonna get better You'll see And I'll be there It's gonna get better For sure And I'll be there For you said you're going to be putting out the new album people can watch out because you're going to be putting out songs along the way here so just keep looking out for the songs and you're going to be playing live you already got a lot lot of the year booked up yeah my whole year is booked i'll be adding more but i'm booked from now until the end of the year every month several several shows already booked are you like a lot of artists where you have a, a certain venues that you repeat and, yes. and play at, like a, like a um, rotation? Yeah, I play at Wolf Creek Winery every um, second Wednesday of the month. That's one. And I rotate around on most others randomly. Um, I'm playing Lorello's. I have four gigs at Lorello's in Geneva this year. Um, cool. Broadview Brewery. 
Broadview Brewing, Broadview Heights, I play there. I'm thinking of all the Cleveland area ones. Um, I have a recurring gig in Indiana, in Indianapolis, at a place called Urban Vines How'd you Wine get that? and Brewery. Um, family out there. Um, I got one in New York coming up in March. Nice. So you're playing outside bricks. of the States. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like cool. to travel and... Oh, yeah. So, did people get a hold of you? I mean, to see where your stuff's all at and everything. Do you got a webpage set oh, yeah. up for yourself? BrianAllenHager.com. Facebook. Um, Facebook, Instagram. I, do, I, I wouldn't say I do a lot of posts on Instagram, but I try to do several a week. Um, so, I got that. I get, yeah. And I also want to thank you for coming in and uh, playing Walk It Off for us. That was cool. That was very cool. Appreciate and, that. And, yeah. And, and, okay. um, Hope everybody enjoyed that, yeah. and that and that's something that came that was on, the, that's on the album that's already been released. Yes. So that so if, so that just gets to give everybody yeah. a little taste of what uh, that album's about. And check it out and on your website, Facebook, Instagram, all the different things that they can get in touch with you and see you. And, yep. and I, I've I've watched a bunch of stuff on on YouTube also. So if they want to see some of the performances, you oh, can yeah. go there on YouTube. I've and, got a YouTube page too. Yeah. Um, yeah, my schedule's on my website. If you if anybody wants to know where I'm playing, cool. just click on the schedule on my website. It's all up to date all the time. Cool. Another local guy making it happen, man. I love that. I do. I do. I think that's so cool. Brian Allen Hager, guys. Keep your eye out for him. Um, and uh, that's about it from us. It's about all, right. all the time we Thanks. got. Thanks. It was a pleasure and honored to be on your show. I appreciate that. I've yeah. seen your shows, by the way. You uh, asked me that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I cool. saw the Billy Sullivan one, which was. It was a good one. Yeah. That was one of my favorites, too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you guys all next week. Peace out. This has been Level Up Cleveland. There's a new episode every week. Available now on all streaming services. You can catch every episode of Level Up Cleveland on YouTube. Till next week, rock on. That'll be fine.